Welcome to For the Love Podcast with best-selling author Jen Hatmaker. Come on in and join us for a chat with Jen and friends about all the things we love. Now, here's Jen. Welcome to the show, everybody. Jen Hatmaker. Big, big thank you to all of our new listeners. We're super glad you've um, just come along with us for this this adventure into podcast land. It's been so much fun. Um, I'm having the best time with my guests and with you. Um, been super, super humbled that the For the Love podcast has kind of been up at the, the top of the podcast with our, our first series on girlfriends. And that's because of you. That's because you have subscribed and you are listening and downloading and reviewing and you're basically the actual best. Thanks for letting us know um, how much that topic meant to you and, and resonated with you and how many times you shared the podcast with your own girlfriends. That's so special to me and my team. And um, so what we're hoping to do is to keep bringing you guests and ideas and conversations that are going to inspire you and motivate and encourage you, hopefully even entertain you and just make you laugh. So I'm excited to talk about this next series that we're kicking off today um, with an amazing first guest. I'm thrilled about it. So I just wrote a book called Of Mess and Moxie, and it just hit the shelves. Um, And it was a joy and a delight to write for you. And so many of you are reading it and talking back right now about how it's mattering to you and, and the things that you're, you're resonating with. And so, so we've got this book with us now of mess and moxie. And so we decided to do a series, a podcast series around that theme. So we have invited women that you're just going to freak out over women that we think have incredible moxie who epitomize the word. We came up with this list of guests who just absolutely define the spirit and determination of Moxie, this kind of ability to, to overcome, to be resilient, to rise back up. Um, and they managed to do this all with style and with grit and with courage. And we're watching them going, listen, these girls have Moxie. They are um, amazing in their careers. They have overcome suffering. Um, they have all kinds of really phenomenal pieces in their stories you already know and love almost all of them. Um, and so I think you're going to love getting to hear from them firsthand on um, what has brought them this far and where they think their moxie comes from. And so uh, my very first guest is so perfect for this series. If you don't already follow her, you're going to just enjoy her so much. She's funny. She is smart. She is interesting. She's got just she's got moxie and spades. And so I'm super excited for you to enjoy this series and definitely enjoy this first guest. Guys, one of the very first guests that came to my mind when we uh, were brainstorming this series on moxie, like who epitomizes moxie is my friend on the podcast today. So I'm like pretty much beside myself that she agreed to pop on. So she's the voice behind Awesomely Lovey, which is the most hilarious, smart, wild, funny, important blog. It just like covers everything. You're so funny, actually, that I'm mad at you. I'm mad. (laughs) 
<laughs> I am so mad. Um, so, like, Lovey's blog is everything. It's pop culture, TV, movies, technology, travel, race, activism, like, just life. Um, and so she's also a speaker who's just kind of slaying right now on all sorts of topics, like, related to blogging and branding and marketing and um, nonprofit communications, activism, humor. Um, gosh, you've presented everywhere. Uh, so many important and amazing places, like the White House, for example. <laughs> She's been here in South By, South By Southwest in Austin mm-hmm. and TEDx in Chicago. Just so many other, this goes on and on and on. The list is so long. And honestly, you do some of the best TV recaps on your blog. They're better and more fun than the shows. Like, I just skip the show and read what you say about it, and I die. Um, Lovey also runs um, awesomelytechie.com. This is a kind of a resource site for writers and small business owners and just regular people looking to use technology in a, like, meaningful way um, in their life. So there's so much else we're going to find out about her in our interview today. But I just want to also add this. Um, Lovey's also an author, and her her book came out in September of 2016, and the title is called "I'm Judging You: The Do Better Manual." Like, you came up with that, right? That's the best title I've I ever did. heard. I did. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm slayed. It went straight to the New York Times bestsellers list because it should be. It's hilarious. It's sharp. It's important. You you have this really great way of of dipping in and out of funny and serious, important, absurd. I just I love it. So anyway, it pokes fun at some of our like worst social media behaviors. We're gonna talk about that in a little bit, but a lot of really serious stuff too. So listen, Oprah loves her, Shonda Rhimes loves her, I love her. <laughs> You are going to love her. So welcome to the show, Lovey Ajayi. That Yay. is the best intro I might have ever gotten in life. Yay. This is me clapping. I'm so into you. I'm serious. I, I, you are so fun to read and to watch and girl, your star is just rising right now. And it's, I'm so excited for you. Like the things that are happening in your life in these last couple of years are just absurd. Just crazy. They are. They feel absurd. I'm just like, I feel like I'm watching a really cool movie unfold. I'm like, that's a really nice movie. Uh, it's a nice movie. And you're the star. You've, um, you've accomplished so much. You've gotten to do so many important, impactful things and fun things, too. Um, hi, you got to do uh, Oscar red carpet coverage. Yes, indeed. That's not terrible. Um, and this did not happen overnight for you. This is, I want this is kind of where I want to start with you. Will you just tell the listeners a little bit about sort of where you've come from, how you got started just in the blogging world and, and the, the point that you sort of knew you were meant to do work in this space, kind of in this medium. So I call myself a 14 year overnight success because, you know, people are seeing all the cool things happening now and they're like, oh my God, it happened so quick. And I'm like, "Ooh, actually, no, it didn't. Uh It took took a long time to get here. And so I started blogging when I was in college in 2003 because my friends were like, hey, you should start a web blog. And I was like, okay. Right. Back when it was called web blogging. (laughs) I mean, that was the front edge of blogging back then. The absolute front edge. Exactly. Like no expectations, no type of couth. So Uh we were just writing freely and I I never stopped. So when I graduated from college in 2003, uh, six, I deleted my college blog and started what is now awesomelylovey.com. And I just was just doing it as a hobby because I was like, oh, I like to write. It's cute. Uh I didn't think it was a career. I didn't think it was an option. I didn't have any grand ideas of what could happen from it. 
Totally. I mean, that was back when you just sit down with a glass of wine at night and just bang out some idea you're having for fun. Exactly. Kind of low, low risk. Um, You know, you have nothing to lose at that point. It's a kind of a great place to get started, actually. Um, So you've written about basically everything from like uh, the the clear and present danger of unicorn frappuccinos. Like I can't, (laughs) I can't fix it, Lord. Why? Why did they exist? To the Grammys. What are we doing? Melissa McCarthy as Sean Spicer. I'm going to miss her. I love Melissa. Love her. When I actually went to the Oscars in 2012 and did press coverage, I got to interview her. And she is just as amazing as everything you would imagine. She's everything. She's my comedy hero. Yes. When Spicy went down in a blaze of glory, I'm like, you know what? What are we going to do without Melissa now? Who's going to do Spicer on SNL? This is so sad. So sad. Tell tell us what are some of your favorite blogs, the ones you've written, um, and and some of the ones that your your readers have responded to the most. Oh, let me tell you this before you answer that. The first time I ever read your writing, uh, we have mutual friends. One of our mutual friends is Kristen Howerton. Yes. and she's like, if you're not reading Lovey, you need to get your life together. And I re- I had. I was crying. I had tears pouring down my face, howling with laughter. You are so naturally funny that I just cannot believe your talent for humor. You're so funny. Um, I actually remember. So one day, I, I it was um, it was a couple of years ago, and uh-huh. it was one of those like debates that was happening, right? Yeah. And I remember that night because. All of a sudden, I had 3,000 new Facebook fans. Right. And I was like, what is, where is all this coming from? Right. Turns out you had shared my piece. It was a, the oh piece that I wrote on uh, Councilwoman Edith. Oh, my, it was Edith. It was uh-huh. Edith. I can almost quote that blog from memory. I read it so many times. I cried when you asked something like, you know, you call her Miss Edith. Yes. You know, you, that is a miss. You were not her age mate. Miss I mean, Edith. I'm just, I can't even. It was so yes. So, yeah, I sent all my people to you because you're hilarious. No, like so, that day I was like, oh, my God, because I'd been reading your stuff. And I was like, what? Uh-huh. Somebody was like, Jen Hatmaker shared your stuff on her page. And I was like, that's where all <laughs> these people are coming from. It was awesome. It was awesome. We still talk about you all the time. So talk, talk about some of your kind of your your greatest hits um, on the blog and in whatever category they fit. Honestly, the Miss, the Miss Edith post is one of my greatest hits. Like I'm actually on it right now. It had 51,000 shares on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, Yeah, it was bananas. So I was just basically, I like to find the humor in just some very serious uh, occurrences. So whenever I watch any type of political event, I'm the person who's there, who you don't want to follow if you want like hard hitting commentary. I'm really there to make fun of people's clothes. I'm there to make fun of like the ridiculousness of the politicians themselves. So I live tweet some of these things and to just be like, you know what? People need a different perspective totally. from what's happening. Because if you want the serious analysis, you can get that from 1,800 people. That's Let's right. talk about the real important things like why the person over there is wearing a mullet or, <laughs> <laughs> or, or like the tie choices. Like, so it makes... It makes these things more digestible. And for me, I'm over here like, okay, if I have to like sit here watching this, I need to be entertained in some way. Thank you. So, Thank you. Yeah, I'm like, these people are boring and they take themselves <laughs> way too serious. So I am the person who's there to poke fun of them. 
you're so funny in it. Your observational humor is just, it's so precise that I can't even deal. And of course you say what all of us are thinking. Um, and so you just, cause you just have, you don't even care. You just put it all out there. Another one that actually people love is, um, the one from, um, when George W. Bush went to um, a memorial oh, yeah. service for a fallen oh, yes. soldier and decided to sway his way through <laughs> the uh, <laughs> through the battle hymn. I, when I tell you, I watched the video at least 15 times, and I was like, y'all, George, if you put this on mute and had no type of context, you would think George W. Bush was at, at like, a kindergarten graduation. <laughs> like... like <laughs> Oh my gosh, I've got tears. Oh God, that's so funny. So, so, so funny. Um, and you know, you talk about a lot of really important things too, and I love it. Uh, you're a real uh, leader and a and a teacher for me in so many ways. I read so much of what you write about just racism and activism. And I mean, you're just all in. And I it, those have had a lot of traction too. Oh yeah. You're not just funny. Um, you're smart and you're engaged and you're a really good leader and you have your finger on the, on the real pulse of a lot of stuff going on right now in our world. And so, um, what, what in those spaces, what do you find has gotten a lot of traction? So, you know, my writing, I, I am a human writer first, but I think it's important to use the tools that were, that we have to basically try to make the world better than we found it. So for me, humor is kind of the great equalizer and it allows people to pull their defenses down. Um, so a lot of people will find me because of a funny post. And then the next post I write might be about police brutality. Cause uh-huh. I'm like, you know what, while you're here to g- get this content, I want you to also hear some things that matter. Yeah. And you know, again, with all my content, I try to approach it in a way where I don't want people to feel like I'm lecturing. So uh-huh. I want you to basically feel like you're, you're listening to your best friend at brunch, talk about whatever yeah. is on her mind today. It might be racism. It might be politics. It might be randomness. So one of the ones that has gotten the most traction on that one is, um, I wrote a piece called The Stages of What Happens When There's Injustice Against Black People. So when I go mm-hmm. through 10 stages of exactly the cycle that we we see whenever somebody gets killed and yeah. how it always ends up in the same place. And that one is is one that still gets shared today because it's pretty evergreen. Like I wrote it mm. two and a half years ago and every yeah. single time people share it, I'm like, OK, something must have happened in the world today. Mm. Um, yeah, I love that post too. I've read that and shared that. And it's, um, it's, it's tender, it's vulnerable. Like you, you can't read it, um, and not just have something deeply stirred inside your heart. You're good at that. You really are good at that. You, you are able to sort of reach down to the heart of a matter and make it uh, accessible and it, and you pull it to the forefront. Someone over minds. You're you're really really gifted at that. Um, let me ask you this. So, one of your uh, one of your superpowers is uh, given the side eye. It's like right there on the cover of your book in all <laughs> its glory. Um, tell us uh, who's getting the side eye from you these days. Oh my God. The entire Trump administration is getting the side eye from yes. me. I'm just like, why? Yes. Who knew the, the, the White House was a, was a temp agency? I didn't know. Like, <laughs> people are getting 1099s, not W-2s. I'm just like, what is happening? The whole thing is a cluster. It is just foolery. So they are forever getting my side eye. <laughs> we didn't even get a couple of them on an SNL sketch. They were, they came and went too fast. And too fast. Like SNL was like, doggone it. Okay. Throw that, throw that sketch out. We don't even need <laughs> totally. it anymore. <laughs> totally. Uh, who else? Who else getting it? Who else? I am 
side-eyeing you know i'm always side-eyeing celebrities just in general because some of them just don't know how to act um (laughs) like you know there's actually a big thing happening this week too i'm side-eyeing uh the breakfast club uh for the comments that they made about trans women especially after janet mock in all her amazing glory was just on there a week ago so that's one thing too oh yeah yeah, so you'll send that out to them. I, they'll, they'll feel your wrath. Oh, man. They're, yeah. they're ridiculous. They don't even know. Um, let, so here, your blog at this point, Awesomely Lovey, it's over 500, I'm a thousand, you have a billion readers. <laughs> um, and so because of just all this amazing uh, momentum around you, you've gotten to work with some some pretty major brands and events and some really incredible people. So tell us maybe, I don't know, this is probably going to be hard for you to pick, but maybe the top three most interesting people that you've met in the last um, year or so and what they were like. The uh, uh, top three most interesting people I've met in the last year. Let's see. One, I met Oprah a year and a half ago uh, because she picked me to be on her Super Soul 100 list, which is... A list of she's it's a hundred people who she thinks are elevating humanity, which oh my god, I was like, I can't believe it, I can't. Like, what is life? No, I literally was like, What it. is just, life? You could be done, you could just be done right there. That's oh, that could man. be the end of the deal. I was just like, What? And it's really cool because being on that list with su- such epic people, I was like, yeah. Wow. And then a couple of months later, I actually got to interview her. Yeah, like, I know. So, what'd you think of Oprah in person? She, first of all, hugging her is like hugging clouds. <laughs> like she is, <laughs> I'm just like, I could just lay in your bosom all day. Like, <laughs> she's, she's so cuddly. Um, oh, she's, she has this calming thing about her. Like you think you're going to meet Oprah and that you'll fangirl because ah, no, when you meet her, she's very calming. Like, yeah, I didn't feel the need to be like, Oh my God, I love you so much. I was just like, Hey, I'm lovey. Cause she has this very calming spirit. She like forces you to keep your chill. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. That's it. Just with her aura. Yes. Yes. I was like, oh my gosh, she's a unicorn. Um, so you've got Oprah. That's I've, I've a good start. Oprah. Who else? Um, 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 you know, what's funny. I finally met Glennon Doyle this yeah. year. Actually, no, last year we were speaking yeah. at a conference together. We were, were mutual fans of each other. And we, we sat there. We were both at a book signing sitting next to each other. And we both fangirled on each other for like five minutes. <laughs> so all the people who were standing in line for both of us are looking at us like, what is wrong with them? Oh <laughs> like God. amused by us being like, oh, my God, I love you. Oh, my God, I love you, too. So she's amazing. And she is amazing. And she also pulls you into her vortex of, yes. like, affection. You, you, yes. You, you're you're powerless against it. You cannot you resist. Oh, jeez. All, all these amazing people. And then, let me see. I've met some really cool. Oh, it's too much. See, it's too much. It's too many choices. It's too many choices. I know. Because you run the gamut between celebrities and authors and activists. You have so many interesting people um, in your bucket. Um, it just never, I feel like every time I see a picture of you, it's with somebody cool. <laughs> Honestly, it's so weird. I'm just like, how did I end up in these rooms with these amazing people? Hey guys, this is Jen. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. I wanted to break in real quick and tell you about a special offer from audible.com for you, the listeners of the For the Love podcast. So Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service, which is amazing. 
If you don't already use Audible, you will love it. So you can get a free audiobook just for trying it out. And maybe you might want to check out the audio version of my book, For the Love, or one of many other titles available on audible.com by yours truly. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com backslash hatmaker. Super easy. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash hatmaker for your free audiobook. So how about let's 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 switch gears here because this is one of your um one of your best lanes is your TV recaps. <laughs> I like that you're here for nonsense. I do. I I, I I love how you're leading us in important work and important topics. And I also like that you are leading us through shenanigans. I love shenanigans. Like I am a shenanigans connoisseur. Okay. Like yes, you are. <laughs> you are so what are you watching right now what are you watching what are you what are you really loving what do you hate that you love because it's embarrassing I am loving insecure of course I am obsessed with it and I actually got H I convinced HBO to let me recap it officially so I actually did oh yeah I'm the official recapper of insecure so I get the, the perk of like watching it before everybody else watches it and then I posted right after it airs. So I, of course, love, because Issa, Issa Rae and I, yeah. uh, we've known each other for like five or six years and just seeing her journey from awkward, Misadventures of Awkward Black yeah. Girl to then like an HBO show that's phenomenal. I am so proud. Oh, that's so, I, I love her. Um, I was in Barnes & Noble at a couple of years ago and just started chatting with another person there buying books. And that's how I found her. And oh, wow. this other gal was like, you've got to buy this book. I'm like that I'm going to. And I discovered her too. She is, she is really gifted. Um, so that's what you're, you're watching that. Obviously also watching game of Thrones obsessed. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Obsessed. I am I just a game of Thrones junkie. Okay. And, and everybody at me, Tell, give us just a little, like, what's your current Game of Thrones situation? Like, who do you, who do you hate? What do you predict? What's happening? What's going on? So Cersei, her downfall is going to be beautiful to watch, but she's one of those people who you can't hate all the way because she's so freaking smart. Uh Like, I want to hate her all the time, but sometimes I find myself being like, I kind of admire you. (laughs) So she's she's, uh, fierce. She's fierce. She is so fierce. And she is like, I'm going to get what I want no matter what. Her tactics are ridiculous because she's basically Voldemort. But, you know, you got to be like, hey, uh, of course, Olena Tyrell is my bae. Yes. (laughs) That is boo right there. Okay. That I call her the Sophia Petrillo of Westeros. Yeah, that feels right. It's so right because she's just amazing. And that woman, she doesn't throw shade. She throws like Eclipse. She does. (laughs) What about Jon Snow? um, That is my bae. Like, I love him. I love him and his hair. And where does he get these outfits from? They're so fierce and fabulous. They are. They are. And his little man pony. Just it's all works. Everything works. It works. Like, and his, I'm just like, no strand of hair is out of place. (laughs) Like, and the way he pouts, ah, no one pouts as sexy as Jon Snow. Okay. That dude has perfected the sexy pout. Oh, that's awesome. I know. Well, my, my assessment of Game of Thrones is that eventually everyone's going to be dead. So I think we'll just keep watching it until they all die. How they, they're going to die is going to be it. So the White Walkers are coming. And I yeah. think Sam Ta- uh, Tarly is going to save the day in more, more times than one. 
Okay. I think, he, I think he's the key to everybody not dying. Sam. You do? And everything. Yes, I do. I think all the things that he's learning right now are going to come in handy to defeat the White Walkers. Okay, well, I trust your assessment of this show because nobody watches it with more precision or care than you do. <laughs> like the, the Twitter feed alone is worth the price of admission. So Listen, I, I, I need to start using my powers for good and solve world peace <laughs> as opposed to finding out exactly what happens in TV shows by the color of what we're, they're wearing. I'm that person. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's talk about your book for a minute because um, it came out last year. Um, I... You sent it to me, and I read it in one sitting. One, Are you serious? I read the first page. I, sat, I did not even move off my couch until I closed the last page. It was, It's just kind of the best of you I, in all the ways, and all the things that you do, all the things that you care about, all the things that you talk about. I felt like it was just like the greatest hits yes. of loving. Can you talk about it a little bit, about... Um, uh, about your book. I mean, everybody loved Amy Poehler. Everybody loved your stuff. So um, tell my my people who haven't read it yet a little bit about Honestly, it. Honestly, I love And what was it like to write it, by the way? Because writing a blog and writing a book is not the same. At all. First of all, I love the fact that you call it the best of me because that's exactly what my intention was. I mm. wanted people who know my work to read my book and be like, she put, this is the best version of herself. Yeah. So ultimately, um, I'm judging you. The do better manual came along because I got the idea when I got plagiarized by a journalist. And I put this in quotation marks who took like three paragraphs of my work, dropped it in his, didn't give me credit. Boo. I actually tweeted, is there not a limited edition handbook on how we're not how not to be terrible human beings? Yes. And I literally had a light bulb moment like. If I was a cartoon, a light bulb would have showed up on my head at that moment because yep. I was like, that is the book I need to write. That's the book I need to write. And that's how I'm judging you came to be. And I wrote that book in five months. Did you really? I did. Dang. I wrote that book in five months and 80,000 words. And it was all new words. It wasn't any, yeah. oh, half blog post. I wasn't going to be that blogger who wrote a yep. book that was like, oh, half blog post. No, 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 no. For me, it was very important for my audience to feel like I'm serving up the best of me in new words. Yeah, you did. And 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 they were expanded and they were developed and deeper. And it was, I mean, really good. If, I'd have, if you'd have told me that was your first book to write, I would have never believed it. It was so comprehensive and so well done and so cohesive. I was really proud of you when I read it and, and loved it, passed it around everywhere, sent it everywhere. It was amazing. So uh, your book, hilariously, in, in parts of it, addresses, you know, exactly what you just said, bad behavior, like do better. So let's talk about social media. Um, what are... We we suck. Social the internet is a dumpster <laughs> fire sometimes, right? Yes, like is. yes, it uh, is. I love how you like say stop it with the overuse of hashtags. Thank you for saying that. What what are some other things we need to do better at on social media right now? Train us, teach us, correct us, rebuke us. Rebuke. You know, I'm also judging myself throughout these things, but a lot of stuff that happens on social media, I feel like people behave on social media in ways that just like. They basically behave like they have no home training and no brought up suit. Just, I always tell people, because I do a lot of workshops for like teenagers, I always say, do not post something on social media that you would not want to end up in a giant billboard in Times Square. 
Nice. That, yes. if you kind of behave in that way, it might change some of the content people put up, like from the overshare stuff to the, yes. to the hateful stuff. Like if you don't want your name next to this thing in, in 105 point font in the middle of New York city, yes. do not throw it up on social media. Say that, that, that does not need to just go to students. That needs to go to every grown up person with a Twitter account. Like that <laughs> is the truth. Absolutely. What else? What else? What are some of your like social media? Like this is the deal. This should be the banner over all of us. Oh my gosh. First of all, why do people still poke you on Facebook? Why is the poke function still allowed? I don't even know. <laughs> are you serious? Is it? Yes, it's yes, no. yes. No, you that's still, not right. You can still poke people on Facebook today, and it's the and weirdest. Who made that up in the thing. first place? That's what I'm what saying. What a weirdo! They've gotten rid of all these features, but that's the one they've decided to keep. <laughs> <laughs> do better, Facebook. Do better, Facebook, and do better the people who decide. Oh, you know who I should do today? I should poke a random stranger. That's so weird. No, if I get poked, you're you're blocked. Fact. That's it. That's I should a- do that. Yes, that's an auto block. It's so. so weird. And I and also like I kind of want people to stop filtering everything about their lives. Like yeah, I, I know. That's the thing now. I'm like I kind of forgot what some people look like because they always place filters on everything. So true. I'm guilty of this sometimes. Sometimes I just see a picture of me and I look so broke down. I'm like, what can I do? Sometimes not even put it in in black and white will fix it. And so, you know, I will occasionally puts three different filters on a picture where I, I don't even recognize my own face. So guilty. See, I'm the dark circle queen. Like I, I feel like <laughs> I want to make sure people see me when I look bad to lower their expectations. Like, yes. you know, cause I can't be the person, I can't be the person that you see in full makeup all the time. No, because you'll expect me to look that good all the time. And I'm not that person. So I feel like point. sometimes people need to see a selfie with me with dark circles looking like bustedness. Yes. It, <laughs> it will keep me humble. <laughs> Keeps me humble and keeps everybody realizing, you know what? She's not the person who you'll see put together all the time. Sometimes you'll see me looking an utter mess with my hair not brushed. That's fine. Say that. So just this very week, uh, my youngest daughter, Remy's going to karate camp during the day. Nice. So I got to have her there at eight in the morning and I work from home. So I'm sorry, but I'm going to roll out of bed and get in the car. That's yes. what's happening. That's yes. as, So I've, I was taking her every single day in the morning with my glasses on, like smeared mascara, some sort of bed hair. And um, a, a couple days ago, I picked her up in the afternoon having shower. I had a thing. I had to get dressed and fix my hair. It was down. I had makeup on. And the uh, camp director did not even recognize me. She goes, who are you Who are you here for? And I was like, Remy. She's been here for three weeks. She's like, oh. It was, it was oh painful. Like, that is that's hilarious. how hard I swing from one end to the other. Like, no. she didn't even know who I was. Seriously, I feel like it. we got to stay versatile. Like, there's so much pressure now. <laughs> there's so much pressure, you know, of people being like, I can't leave the house without makeup. Up, no, like I feel like it's really important for us to know that we are more than that. And please accept me in my sweatpants. Thank you. And you will deal. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. So you also, you've been involved with a lot of great things that I love, some really amazing causes. And you started a the coolest organization called um, the Red Pump Project. And um, can you talk about that a little bit? So um, Red Pump is a national nonprofit that I started in 2009. Uh, that raises awareness about HIV and AIDS and women and girls. And what made me start it was I, I met somebody um, who ended up becoming a friend of mine, and she had 20 cousins who were living with her grandmother in Malawi, 
because their parents had died from AIDS-related complications. And for me, I was kind of like, wait, AIDS is still a thing? Like, mm. this was back, this was like 10 years ago. I didn't realize it was still a problem because we hadn't heard much about it in a long time. Right. So me being the shoe head that I am, because I'm addicted to shoes, I was like, you know what? I'd love to do something around HIV and AIDS and red shoes because I feel like that will capture people's attention because we have to talk about this epidemic. So that's, so I co-founded it. Um, me and my friend Karen, we mm-hmm. were like, you know what? National Women and Girls HIV and AIDS Awareness Day is coming up. We should like get our blogger friends to talk about this issue. So that was March 10th, 2009. 135 bloggers joined us to nice. dedicate their, their, their platforms to this wow. issue on this one day. And we were like, hey, put on a pair of red shoes. Tell us why this thing matters to you and help us bring attention to this epidemic. And people joined us. And since then, we've been running this national nonprofit and we do workshops around the country. Yeah. We still do our Rock the Red Pump campaign. So every March 10th, People are still putting on red shoes and throwing mm-hmm. up pictures on social media. So, yeah, that's the other work that I'm passionate about. Mm, I love it. How can people get involved with that or find out more about that? Because that's going to that's gonna hit a heartstring of a lot of my listeners for sure. Yeah. Um, so our website is redpump.org. Um, we have campaigns throughout the year. We have events around the country. So we, we post them on our, we're also of course heavy on social because we, we are those people. Um, and of course get a pair of red shoes ready because on March 10th, we paint the world red in some red kicks. It could be some red chucks. It could be yeah. whatever it is. It's just a really good way to kind of bring attention to this thing because a lot of us know people who are affected by HIV and there's so much stigma attached to it. Our yep. whole point is if you can talk about it on social media, you can talk about it to your partner and to your That's friends. That's really great. That's really great. Yeah. Both here and internationally, you know, we do a lot of work in um, sort of Eastern Africa too. And the stigma there is still so oh my that yeah. people will die as opposed to going and getting their meds. And so there's something really powerful about just talking about it out loud and removing some of the, the cloud of shame and mystery over it in general. Um, That actually saves lives. I'm so for you on that. I'm proud of you. Thank you for doing that really good work. And that amazing how far and wide that has gone from that little seed of an idea back then. It's crazy. Um, Like we actually got to the, the U S embassy in in Port-au-Prince, Haiti found us through Facebook and had us, they had us come for a week to do workshops. So we ended up doing, uh, teaching 900 young adults and giving out like a thousand safe sex kits. So it was amazing. Just seeing that happen. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, that's such good work. So, um, here's another fun and, outstanding and crazy and bananas thing that is going on in your life. Um, your book is being developed into a show by Queen Shonda Rhimes. Yeah. Like, yeah. she's the queen of the world. <laughs> she's the queen of the world. She is. And I cannot believe this good thing is happening to you. Can you talk about this? Like, how did this happen? And what is going on with it? Where is it at right now? Who's going to be cast? Maybe you can't even say any of that yet, right? But just tell us what you can tell us about it. So, uh, it happened because Shonda found me through my scandal recaps a couple of years ago. And she started reading my recaps and she started like loving my tweets. And I met her in 2015 in person and she like fangirled over me, which is crazy. <laughs> I saw it. She was like, oh my God, you're my favorite person on Twitter. And I was like, what is life? What is air? Oh, totally. So since then she's kind of been like this, like 
mentor in my head and now it's no, no longer in my head because when my book came out, she I sent her an advanced copy and she loved it. She ended up blurbing it and calling it a truth riot. Yeah. So I was getting a lot of uh, TV things thrown at me. So I literally was just like, hey, I just want to get your advice. And I go in to meet with her and she tells me, hey, we want to turn your book into a TV show. No. And I was like, what? Literally, I was like, okay, I can die now. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, when Shonda Rhimes says she wants your book, you give Shonda Rhimes your book. So you hand it over, lock, stock, and barrel. I said, you can have it, (laughs) ma'am. So yeah, where we are is one of the first things she asked me was, you know, we, she was like, we love this voice and this character is very clear. Do you want to play her? And I was like, no, (laughs) I said, acting is not my ministry. So Uh, (laughs) that can be played by somebody else. That is not not your portion. That is not my portion. I know my lane. So I will be a writer on, uh, for the show. And where we are is we're basically kind of like in development stage and me creating this world and what it looks like. And, what this character is like and what her adventures are. I I don't even know how to handle it. Do <laughs> you is it too soon to tell us who you'd love to see in that role? Is that a secret? Is that under wraps? It's under wraps, yes. Oh dang it, I, I knew I you were two, gonna see that. I have two I have one person in mind in particular, but another person. Either one look, goals. Okay, goals. Uh-huh. So and I've met both people. Uh-huh. Um, okay. So I'm crossing my fingers. I think people can probably guess, though, because whoever it is is going to kind of look like me. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm so excited. And so you're going to be a writer on the show. Uh, Of course you should be. Of course you will be. That This is going to be a whole new adventure. I mean, this is a completely different genre. And you know what kind of scares me? Does it? scary because I'm just like, this is new territory. Yeah, because just like writing a book is different than writing a blog, writing a script is different than writing a blog. So exactly. it's just and, and it's it's your voice, but it's also for screen. I mean, it's just completely different. You're going to flex some new muscles. I think you're going to love it. Don't you? I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah, this is. So we're going to be watching for that. I mean, if Shonda puts her hand to it, it's going to rise. <laughs> so um, I, I I'll be on the front row with my popcorn cheering you on. I'm so excited about that. Listen, let's wrap this up. So we, I normally ask three questions of every guest on the podcast, but this series is on Moxie, um, which you have in spades, sister. You epitomize Moxie. And, and I wrote a, I wrote an essay in, um, of Mess and Moxie called Unbranded. It's the very, it's the opening essay. Um, and, and I think about you when I think about this, cause there's this just sort of idea that once you are one thing, once you have signed your name in this space, that you're stuck with it forever, or that you are unable to develop or you're unable to grow, or then you are beholden to everybody who wants you to stay in that space mm-hmm. and who doesn't want to see you change or grow or shift or thrive. Um, and yet I've wa- I'm watching you And what I respect about you so much is that you somehow stay really true to yourself, to what you care about, to your convictions, to what you're learning, to where you're moving. I mean, even in the midst of working with these major brands and, um, but you're building your own space and you are, you're running your own race. You're setting your own course. And I respect it so much. Let me ask you this. Can you tell our listeners what helps keep you really grounded and, and authentic to who you are and what you care about? What helps you stay the course? 
Uh, my faith is a big part of, of who I am and just staying and, and being grounded comes in the realization that I do work hard. I work really hard and I, I am talented. However, a lot of really cool things are happening for me and I'm being elevated in a way that makes me realize that it's not just of my own doing because I'm mm-hmm. not the only person out there who works really hard. I'm not the only person who, out there who's talented. And I really believe that like a higher power has a hand in my elevation. So knowing that means I can't take full credit for all the things that's happening. And that does help me keep my feet on the ground. And it gives me perspective of knowing Mm. that, like, listen, you are blessed and you have to understand that you are a product of God's grace. So yes, all these good things are happening, but don't take it for granted. And also make sure good things happen for other people around you too. Mm, That's good. Lovey. I actually love that. Okay. So we've all had messy moments. Um, we're just, life is a mess or we are going to suffer. We're struggling. We've had loss or failure, disappointment, you know, fill in the blank. There's just something has gone a mess. And so, um, can you tell us what's a, what's a mess moment you've had in your life that you got through that you sort of overcame and, and what did it teach you? Um, for me, I've had moments of like, you know, being this person who's very loud, I've had moments of backlash against my words. And what it teaches me is one, um, my words are heard by more people now more than ever Hmm. Two, um, to always make sure I say things with the intention that I mean him. And three, to always still stay true to myself, even through mistakes. So, a lot of things as writers, as just people in general, we tend to doubt ourselves too much. And when we allow doubt to sit and fester, it can become bigger than it should be. Mm-hmm. So we should always know who we are, remember our core values. And that's what I always kind of carry with me um, is to know that, like, above all, I can always trust myself. Mm. That's good. There's something about sort of anchoring down with who you are in your core, what you care about the most, your, your, your character, because that'll, that'll hold, you know, when a lot of winds blow and they want to blow you this way or that, um, hanging on to those things that matter the most really can, um, keep your feet in the ground. One more question. I mentioned at the top of the interview, we think you have a lot of moxie. Um, and so this may be hard because you could probably pick from a, from a lot of, of, of moments, but can you recall a certain time, like one specific situation, maybe, um, where you have felt that you embodied moxie that where just either like sheer determination and will and grit, um, just helped you conquer or accomplish something. Um, that's a good question uh-huh. where sheer will made me accomplish something. Honestly, I would say my, my writing journey has been yep. that piece. So when I started blogging and, um, and I, and my blog started getting bigger and bigger, um, I still wasn't looking at it as a career or as an option. And then in 20, I, I still had a full-time job. And then in 2010, I got laid off that job. Um, and it was kind of like the universe pushing me to take the leap of faith I wasn't going to take. And there were times when I was just like, why do I do this? Like, why do I do this writing thing? It's not bringing me money. What is the point? 
And every single time I would want to quit, something would stop me from quitting. And like in the times when it made no sense, where it's like, you're, this is not bringing you money, but it's taking up all your energy. Yep. Why are you doing this? And at, at times when I was like, you know what? I felt like the class clown of blogosphere is I saw my peers mm-hmm. getting these things that I, that would have made sense for me to be doing. And no one was looking my way. I just kept on writing because something in me compelled me to. Yeah. It was the sheer love of this thing where I couldn't quit. Hmm. And it really was when I kind of pushed past that wall that really cool things started happening. When I kind of understood that writing was less of a hobby and more of a purpose. Yes. That's really when doors kind of swung open. It was like, all right, now that you accept it, I got you. That's powerful. Cause you could have walked. I mean, in the, you, of course, now we're just watching you. You're everywhere. You're just, everything you're doing is so successful and so exciting, but I like, I hope what people heard you just say was there was a moment where that wasn't paying you a penny and all it was doing was costing you and you stuck, you stuck for the love of it, for the love of the work, for the love of the space. Uh, I mean, that, that's, that's Moxie, like at its core definition. That's amazing. Okay. You're, uh, you're just the best. You're so gifted and fun and funny and smart and you just matter to our generation so much so tell all my listeners how can how can people up find you what are you working on right now talk about your website where can they get all things lovey so all things lovey i am actually at lovey on every social network l-u-v-v-i-e so i am super findable awesomelylovey.com is my website funny enough actually if you type in just lovey.com it lands you there too because i wanted to make it easy on people nice and then this fall i'm really excited because i'm actually doing a 10 city tour with glennon doyle and ambi wambach called the together tour and you're gonna be the austin stop yeah um- Yay! Woo, woo, woo. I'm popping in just to Austin. It's right up the road for me. So I can't wait to see and share a stage with you for a night. Yeah. So I'm hoping I get to meet some really good people on this tour. So I'd love to see folks there. Um, we, we're going to be in, man, really cool cities. That, and mm-hmm. no, no New York and L.A. because New York and L.A. typically get the coolest events. Yeah. So it was a very conscious effort where we were like, no, we will actually go elsewhere this time. So, That's yeah. That's right. Can they find information on Together on your website? Togetherlive.com. That's right. Togetherlive.com. Awesome. Yep, yep, yep. Hey, thanks for being on today. No, thank you for having me. When you invited me, I was like, um, absolutely put me on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm such a fan. I'm cheering you on. I can't wait to see you this fall. Thanks for your time. Thanks for being awesome. Guys, love you, everybody. Thank you so much. Isn't lovey great? Oh, man. I love that girl. Smart, interesting, hard-hitting. She pulls exactly no punches. So if you need some punches pulled, you're barking up the wrong tree with this one. I um, respect her. I'm excited for her. Love to just watch watch her star rise. So, um, so, so glad to have um, Lovey on the podcast today. I hope you loved it. Um, as we sort of talk about mess and moxie, during this series, I just want to remind you that that the book I wrote around those very ideas is out. You can get it anywhere you get books. You can get it on Amazon. Um, there may still be some signed copies over at Barnes & Noble um, and also in Target. And they're just everywhere. So you can get them however you want to get them. And um, we'll be talking about some of the themes 
end of Mess and Moxie over the course of this entire podcast series. And so y'all just wait and see who we have coming up. This is such an all-star series that I can hardly sleep at night. So I hope you loved Lovey like I do. And I can't wait to have you on the next show. Thanks for joining us today on the For the Love podcast. Tune in next week when we sit down again with Jen and friends to chat about all the things we love.